Welcome, everybody, to the next installment of the Upscale Podcast. Again, you're here today with myself, Nathan, Mitch, and Arena. How are you guys? You. I'm good. Me too. Not a number this time, Mitch. Nah, I tried to go something different. Coming to the pointy end of the year, you know, numbers are starting to become irrelevant. Um, so, you know, I just thought to myself, just going to make a sound. Numbers are irrelevant at the end of the Look, year. they are, when, because people get busy and they, you know what, I don't have time for your 9.23s. I don't have time for your 8.7s. <laughs> That's a little frustration. Nah, it's just uh, I literally just got a phone with someone that I told, they asked, how was your day? I said a 9.17. And they asked, is that based off an algorithm? And I said, of course it is. Mate, this morning in our uh, weekly setup, it was actually the hurdle clearing. You were asked how you were, and you said nine point four two one seven. So drop. No, no, no. So no. I imagine it's dropped. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's only ever two decimal places, okay, and it has dropped. Okay, I'm, I'm hungry. Gonna have some lunch soon, uh, and that'll perk me right back up. Okay. Back to a nine point four. No, I actually reckon it'll three. bump me up to like a nine point six three. But can we just go back to my original answer, which was you? <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well. Uh, today we're going to be talking about setting up for a good end to the year, um, and I mean a lot of that is to do with numbers. Arena, in your opinion, what is the best way to set yourself up for a good end of year? Here comes the accountant answer. I am. Um, I think to set yourself up for a good end of the year, you actually have to start in January. Mm-hmm. So you should use the whole year and prepare for the end of the year as you go along because nothing's stopping you from like preparing. Okay, um, if I look at my pricing, I won't base my prices just off one month where people take holidays. I base my pricing off what's going on in my whole year. What are my overheads? What are people costing me? So do I charge enough ongoingly to actually support lull periods, for example? The other thing is for me, always in January, if you have lots of people go and leave, you should have that money for their leave payment sitting there so you can pay them even if no invoices are going out. So this is the preparation you can do do throughout the year and then December is not scary because you're prepped. And so how, how would you recommend we prep for those kinds of things? Are there any kind of systems or procedures you use over the year that account for those types of things yeah massive thing is cash flow management you have to think long term and you have to build a cushion to come through this period um if nothing's coming in some people actually get more busy right now so they have a different problem they need to like, somehow manage the workflow with more people away but they still want to keep the doors open and get as much work done as they can because they get busier mm. um so it really depends on where you are but uh for me, number one thing that you should do through the year is get on top of your cash flow and plan ahead. So put some aside. Mm-hmm. And Mitch, let's talk more busy. Actually, before we go there, I want to come back. Um, I think it's really important to note, you know, we run um, in our sessions and especially when people come in, we establish what their cost of operations look like. If you look at most coaching companies, they actually run their cost of operations calculators in the wrong way. They look at how much time someone's going to take off of annual leave, sick leave, and then what public holidays are going to be missed throughout the year. But they don't actually take into account the fact that if you're going to take 10 days off that are billable at the end and start of the year over January and December, then that number needs to be taken into account with the cost of operations. So when you look at the amount of billable days that you have access to throughout your year, if you're going to take some days off, that needs to be in there. 
And, you know, exactly what you said, when we're talking about cash flow management, a really important part of that is to make sure that we're being paid the right amount of money per hour, per point, per whatever that we're doing. And so establishing what that break-even cost looks like and breaking that out over the right number of days and right number of hours and so on, really, really important there. So if we're talking about establishing that at the start of the year, it means we're charging right in January, in February, in March and all the other months so that when December rocks around or when January rocks around for that start of it, we've actually covered that. It doesn't matter. We've managed the money. As you said, we've put the cushion away. We've got the profit sitting there. We've got the money there for the OPEX and all those accounts to pay our bills. It's there. Yes, we might have a slower December. Yes, we might have a slower start to January, but ultimately it doesn't matter because we don't look at things in a day or a month cycle anyway. We look exactly. at things on a long picture. Yes, we might take note each day or each week or each month and see where we're at towards our goal. But ultimately, we set goals based on you know the quarters and the year, and we look at having a successful period of time as opposed to just defining success by one month. I like it. Yeah. Now, your next question was when we get busy. Yep, how do we manage things when we get busy? Look, it's it's really good. If we talk about our predominant client base, yep. the traditional train of thought here is that most of these guys take time off over this. Yep, they take a bit of time off over December, a little bit of time off over January. But this means that there's a great opportunity here for you to capitalise on the fact that there's less supply in your industry. Mm -hmm. There's less people to do the jobs. Re demand, demand effectively stays the same. If not, sometimes it Increases. will increase. Yeah. Because you've got people sitting at home, you've got people in businesses, like especially hospitality, retail, you've got people doing more, yep, which means that they have the ability to, you know what, I'm not normally home for you know 10 days straight over the holiday periods, or I'm not normally home for 10 days straight at any time. They're going to notice all these things and they're going to want someone to come and do some stuff. Mm. Hmm. Not to mention that these businesses are in higher demand. They've got more people coming through. Yep. And, uh, you know, also I think that just time of year, you know, seasonal stuff, when yep. it gets hotter, more problems seem to arise around these times. And it really is a great opportunity to capitalise on this seasonal stuff. Yeah. Think about it like in a, from a plumber's perspective. Okay. Plumbers can service restaurants. Yep, if you're talking about the hospitality time of year when it's really, really busy in that industry, Christmas, summer, traditionally really, really busy, which means you've got more people coming into the business, you've got more people eating, you've got more people going to the toilet, which means the toilet's being used more, which means there's an increased chance of it backing up or something going wrong. That means that plumbers are in more demand by restaurants and cafes at that time of year than any. But at the same time, less plumbers are available Yep, and there's a higher demand. High demand. And why is this so great? We've got to stop thinking about pricing as well as being, this is my price and I charge it the whole time throughout the year. This is this is what it is. Yeah. Price is determined by demand and supply. If there's less plumbers around and someone needs you and you're the only one that can do a job, you can charge a little bit more. So we need to have a mindset of our prices fluctuate based off that. Yet we could put our prices up by 10, 20% and people are still willing to pay it. Because there's no one else around that can do that job, that mm. can do that work. Yep. People also understand that it's emergency call-out times, it's yep. public holidays, it's a busy period of time. Hey, sure, I can be there today, but you know what? It's Christmas. This is X. This is what we're charging. It's Boxing Day, New Year's Day, it's whatever. Yep. It's the cost of 
having that service on those days where actually no one really wants to be working. Yep. So offering that service on those days, you can charge a premium. Yep. Take time off when it's not that busy. Yeah. You know, take time off at a different time of year or run a skeleton crew so you can still capitalize. And look, it's cheaper to go away at that time anyway. Oh, yep. Yeah, you save yourself an arm and a leg right there. It's cheaper to go away, but you can charge more for your business. And there's less people around as well. You want to talk about, like, if we're talking about being a little bit more reactive and planning for December and utilizing December, sorry, maybe don't take the amount of time off that you normally would in December and be able to charge 10% more because that's 10% more revenue, but also 10% more profit on the same scale yep if you can now get instead of a normal day you can get out of it you know eleven hundred dollars instead of a thousand that extra hundred dollars is straight up profit yep yes there's a component where you might pay more for staff but everything else has gone down one of the things i've seen come up quite frequently particularly towards december a lot of people are looking at entertaining and having family over and there will be jobs and things that they want to get done a lot of the time, though, they don't identify these things earlier on, October, November. They're literally calling you at the last minute trying to get lighting upgrades, um, you know, different facilities and things set up at home. How would you say we best go about trying to forward book these kinds of works so we're not inundated and not able to get to the work that's all, all you know, coming through at the last minute? I think it's about, firstly, it's about, you know, pre-work. Yep, put your ads up, send out your emails, mentioning these kind of things to your past customer base mm-hmm. or in a, a, a Google AdSense and Facebook ads to future prospects ahead of date. Yep. Start notifying people in October, September that, hey, we're coming up to the busy time of year. Yep. These are the different things that might come up for you. Book in now and get 10% off or get something off or even just book in now to avoid the busy rush. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's about the pre-work. Do the work beforehand and tell your clients. Apple do this really well. They tell their clients what their clients want. Tell your clients when they can book in. Tell your clients when is the best time for them to get this service done. Yep. Which which means a busy November, not it just does. a December now. Yep, and capitalize on the November. Don't spend ridiculous money. Don't go and buy fancy shit because you've got some extra money. Hold that cash. Get yourself through December and January. Yep. Yep. And then spend the money. <laughs> Don't even spend it in February because realistically what comes out in February, we all know it, 55 days of financial free, interest-free repayments on your credit cards. Then the bill comes in February and that's when you freak out. Mm. Spend your money March. Mm. I think one of the things talking about going into December as well is we we, we probably want to look at scheduling and dynamic scheduling and yep. having the availability for those emergency call-out jobs. Yep. I think one of the things I've seen is uh, when people set up dynamic scheduling, they will have the slots available, but they won't be doing any promotion or anything out there to drive traffic towards those slots. So we need to look at our marketing. We need to look at, you know, do we have emergency call out? Do we have, um, you know, 24 hour electrician or plumber available in our, in our advertising? Because if we're not getting those types of calls, it means that we'll have these slots open and we're not really going to make the most of those opportunities. Yeah. Um, one of our um, clients, she's a gun when it comes to this dynamic scheduling stuff. Yep. Start of the week is always booked pretty solid. Yep. And start of the days are also booked pretty solid. But she allows that that floating staff member, she allows those floating hours at the back end of the days and at the week to ultimately put up cells, to put in anything that comes in during that week. So long game, yep, she might be booking right now for, say, December, 
Yep. And she might be booking out the start of the week and the start of each days, but she's leaving a lot of those slots open. And, you know, we've got a guy down in Wollongong does the exact same thing. He leaves those slots at the end of the day and the week open for when stuff comes in to be reactive. Mm. The best part about being reactive or having slots to be reactive, you need both. You've got to be proactive, book long, but you've got to be able to book short means you can actually charge a little bit more. And what I mean by that is you can have your emergency call-out fees, which you get paid more for. You can have same-day booking. Yep, we've got guys that do that where, yep, sure, we can get you in next week at this time. But if you'd like to go ahead and get this done today, I'm going to have to charge you a same-day booking fee, which is X. You actually make more money. You had the slot there anyway. It's perfect. You mm. become more profitable in different ways. One other thing I, I, I've seen that you can do as well is actually creating a new staff member, mm. an unassigned staff member in your schedule, in your job management system, yep. meaning that you can book work on this person who's not actually a person, but it's just a, a bank of work that you've got that could potentially be moved around if those slots don't get filled. At the same time, it enables you to be able to kickstart when you put on a new hire uh, if you've got a you know a week's worth of work booked for this potential you know new person, a phantom, we call them a phantom. A phantom. Yep. It means that the start for that person is is really quite good, and it's easy for you to to manage the workflow as well. Yep. Um, having that also means that when you get cancellations, those last minute cancellations, particularly on big jobs where you might have a whole day booked out for a tradesman. And then at the last minute the job gets cancelled, you've now got a full day of work that you can shift onto them. So I think having that, it will really improve your efficiency as well. Yep. And it's really good to be able to see that. Like if you talk about a phantom and a floater, you've got your phantom that sits there. It's just a whole thing of work. Your job management software makes it so easy to see that. Simpro, ServiceMate, as you said, you can have so many different jobs in there where the clients have actually said, look, this is as long as we can get it done at some point, this will work. Then you've got a floater who is just effectively someone that's there to cover anything. If Tim is there on a job from nine till 10, but Tim goes to site, identifies a couple of grand of additional upsells that he can do, it's more efficient for Tim to do that there and then, as opposed to leaving and going to his other jobs. And that's where your floater can come in and actually cover the back end of Tim's day. Yep. Mm. Yep. So I, I think, it, you know, again, it all comes down to just having that volume and having the volume of people inquiring, you're doing the outreach, you're getting plenty of customers coming through. If we've got that and we can fill the books, then it makes it really easy to scale. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk lead gen a little bit for this. You know, one of the things that we harp on and we were having a conversation about this today, Nate, is that guys struggle finding the time. Sorry. Business owners struggle finding the time to do the outreach that is realistically needed in business to create a really solid foundation. Mm -hmm. I myself love digital marketing. Yep, I back digital marketing through and through, okay? But what I'm mindful of is at certain times of year, especially December and January, Google ads, Facebook ads, real estate becomes really expensive. Yep, Facebook would rather showcase products over services at that time of year because they have a higher click rate. They can make more money. They sell more ad space. So therefore, they kind of they they disempower service-based businesses across this time of year. So while I love the digital marketing, it is imperative that throughout the year, every single week, you are doing your outreach. What is outreach? It's simply you becoming the hunter as opposed to the farmer and you going out and going after the clients that you want to work with. 
Yep, you sending your 10, 15 emails a week, you walking in the door of the five businesses that you need to, you doing social media outreach, three, four, whatever times a day to businesses. If you do that consistently throughout the year and have a really nice diversified structure of clients and leads, then when it comes to Christmas and certain businesses stop, let's say that you work massively in the construction industry, they close December, January. Mm -hmm. So therefore you actually lose your source of income by default. But yet if you build a great structure and diversification, and we covered this last week in our podcast, then you are in a safer position to have success in business than if you just have one type of client that you work with. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. So definitely. So like, I really want to stress this enough. Irene, you said it, you couldn't have said it better to have a really successful December. You need to start thinking about it in January. Yep. You need to think of the whole year as what builds you up to that month that is traditionally slow and work at how can I make it so that it's either a not or B it's still really profitable. It has now, had this thing that came to mind. It's like, you know, after bikini season is before the bikini season. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know? Bikini bodies built in uh, in winter. Yeah. 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 Festival, <laughs> festival bodies. Yeah, yeah. It's built months before the festivals. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to do it overnight. So think long term. Yeah. You're yep. going to have a plan or yep. you plan to fail. Yep. Yeah. Now, look, if you're sitting here today and we've got seven days, eight days until, you know, realistically December comes. And you're like, yep, this is all great, but I haven't planned anything. What do I do? Yep. You can look at this on, and Arena, I know that I know that you love maths, but you know what? I'm not going to bore you here with this one too much. I'm going to try and keep it real simple for everyone so we can work it out. And you know what? Correct me in the accountant way if you need. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to try and throw out some maths in some really basic numbers. Go for it. Okay. If we're sitting here now, eight days until December. And you identify, I want to close for five more days. I want to take five more days off than I normally would in December. We go from having 20 billable days down to 15. Now, let's just say on average, we make $1,000, just using round numbers, $1,000 a day in our business profit. Yeah, because ultimately it matters about the profit here. And I want everyone to have profitable Decembers. Yep. So then effectively, if we're going to take five days off, then we need to somehow over the other 15 days recoup an extra $5,000 in profit. Now, I think you did the maths before and it works at about $125 or $175 extra a day. If you think about it in that way, all you have to do to have the exact same, the exact same profitable month is make an additional $125 over those 15 days. It doesn't seem that much. If I said to you, hey, we've just got to make an extra $125 today profit, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's not that hard. And then if we're running it, you know, 20 or 30% net profit, we can work out on a revenue base. What does that look like? But sometimes we don't even have to work it out on a revenue base. Because think of it this way. If you've got two staff and they work an eight-hour day each, yep, that's 16 hours a day that you can bill for. And if you only have to achieve $125 of additional profit a day, then you could effectively increase your hourly rate by eight to $9, yep, and you would hit the same number. Because if you increase it by 10, you'd add another $160 in profit to the business that day. Because increasing your hourly rate means that you don't only increase the revenue, but you increase the profit by the same amount of money. Because there's no additional expense 
when you increase your hourly rate. There's no operational increases. It's just straight profit. So in simple maths, just by increasing your hourly rate in the example I've given by eight to nine dollars, yep, an hour, you will achieve the exact same profit at the end of the month and take five extra days off. Maths, maths don't lie. Mm. You can also do it by upping your service fee. So if you're saying in December, instead of charging the $49, we're actually charging six, uh, 90, 69. Let's, let's go with it. Let's go with 99. You start at 49, go to 69. There's a magic number there. No one ever questions that number. 99, they might own a little bit expensive, but just find the number that works for you. Yeah. You know, And in that example, you might do two jobs a day each person. Yep, so four jobs a day in total. If you've increased your service fee by $40 or even $20, you've now made $80 to $160 a day more profit, which puts you one step closer to making the same amount of profit. Go back to the example before. Increase your service fee by $20, yep, and then also increase your hourly rate by $4. And on this mathematical example, you're at exactly the same situation. Is there anyone out there whose clients are going to complain when we're talking about a service-based industry of a $4 an hour increase? No. Especially if that means that someone is coming to do the job well because they need someone yep. Yep. and there's no one else available, um, they'd be happy to pay a little bit more. Yep. Obviously, if you have everyone turning away, review that surcharge yep. that you're charging because yep. it might be just too much so it'll be you just have to test it yeah. yep. but they don't know customers don't know what they don't know they don't at all and then you've got the other component so we've talked about like mathematically getting to the same number here yep and and that's all well and good and like i'm sorry guys people should be changing their prices you know four times a year realistically but then you've also got how do i actually incentivize how do i incentivize potential clients to do the work when I want them to do it. Yep. It could be simple. You add what we call a um, like a same day service fee or you add a attendance fee or whatever it is. And all you simply say when you're trying to close a lead on the phone or a potential client is I actually have Tim, Tom, Frank, whoever it is in the area on this day. If you'd like to go ahead with it, then I can actually reduce or remove the attendance or service fee. Now, what I'm saying is we add a fee effectively a ghost fee yep and we tell people we will remove it if they're willing to go ahead on the day that works for us it's how we get people from going oh look actually let's wait until january and we get them to go ahead and do it now mm. people love a bargain at this time of year they love to save money yep you need to think about pricing psychology customer psychology sales psychology in and amongst your pitches especially at this time of year mm. A lot of good stuff there, guys. I think we'll be closing up on that one. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, next session, we'll be actually talking about the new year and how to kickstart the new year. But until that session, um, have a good December. See you guys. Bye.